Have you ever thought about the moms in God's Word? What kind of mom was Mary? Hannah? Eve? What kind of mom are you? Join us today as I interview the author of God Loves Moms. It explores what we know about women of the Bible and considers the work of God in their lives. Our listeners will be invited to look at their own lives, draw insights from the Bible stories, and embrace the hope God provides through His Son. It's when we consider the realities of vulnerability in pain and sin that we see how salvation is sure through Christ. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. My guest is Christina Hergenrotter, a mother and the author of God Loves Moms. Thanks, Christina, for joining me today. Thanks, Kay. Well, tell me just a little bit about why you wrote the book, God Loves Moms. Well, I'm a mom of four. We have a nine-year-old, and we have six-year-old twins, um, and then we have a three-year-old. And something I've learned of after um, having all these kids was that that it really is interesting how we end up being as moms, different moms to each of our kids. And as that, as I, you know, did devotions and Bible studies, I realized that that's so true that God's created us to be different roles to our kids. And even the women that are in his word that are moms, they really have different roles to the kids that they had. And um, I I just love to think about the, the different people that God created and how these real people that lived and we get to read about in, in Scripture, how really they're different personalities. And, um, you know, if you and I were friends with them, we would find them to be really just different women. So I love that idea, and I love that idea as thinking about moms and the roles we play. Wonderful. Well, let's talk just a minute more about your family. Tell me what you love about being a mom, Christina. You know, the fun thing about being a mom for me, and I think that most moms would agree, is the the just daily inspiration that God gives you. Um, it's just really fun a lot of times because even though a lot of us plan to be moms our whole lives and we prayed for our kids, the, every day is full of such surprises. I can't imagine another role that we play in our lives that um, just has so many just complete inspiration, like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. That's really brilliant. Or I can't believe you just did that. That's really challenging. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It's it's never boring, and um, it really never gets stale because the kids are changing all the time, and therefore we're changing all the time. And it's just, I I think it's just about the most inspirational thing that um, we can be called to do. That's great. And having a nine-year-old, two six-year-olds, and a three-year-old has to at times be challenging. Now tell me what you think is the most challenging part of being a mom, Christina. You know, I think that the fatigue and exhaustion that comes with it, um, you know, we're faced with such different demands as moms today um, in that our kids are kind of hyper-scheduled, and they're very, very active. We're very active. I know that the demands that I have as a mom are different than the ones that that my mom had and certainly different than what my grandma had and way different than the demands that um, women in the, you know, the book that, that we, that we're talking about, God loves moms had, but, but boy, we, I am just exhausted at the end of the day. And this seems to be the prevalent, 
feeling is is that wow, there's just not enough time and energy to go around to to meet all the demands and and just when you think you have um someone gets a virus oh. or someone you know comes home with a failing grade and it can feel pretty depressing or dejecting like wow, am I, I'm working really hard and I don't even think I'm doing that good of a job here. So it can be um, probably the challenge would be the, the total fatigue and exhaustion that comes with the job. Okay. Okay. I'm sure we could keep talking about uh, your role as a mom, but we want to talk a little bit about your book, God Loves Moms. And I loved at the very beginning, you must have done this with a Bible study group. I'm not sure if you did it after you wrote it or before, but I love some of the comments you have and one is that friends are vulnerable with each other. Um, just talk a little bit about why you believe that and how that uh, is woven into the stories in this book. You know, I think anyone that's gone through a Bible study um, with a group of friends realizes that um, we get so much more out of it when we're okay with being vulnerable with each other. And I think it's ironic watching my husband go through Bible studies and watching me go through Bible studies, you know, women's Bible studies. I think it's ironic that as women, we're so much better at nurturing and we're so much better at taking care in a lot of ways. But but actually, when it comes to getting real in a Bible study, it seems like the men are quicker to do that. Mm, um, and really? so, so I put that in the introduction of the book as just a reminder to women going through Bible study um, Let's be real, and um, let's just come in here and and come to God with exactly where we're at, not trying to impress each other or cover up, you know, mm-hmm. shame or hurt that we're going through because, you know, His His truths are eternal, and they're going to give us so much. Um, so it's okay to be to really who we are, you know, vulnerable mm-hmm. and hurting, and and also coming in and saying this is really helping me, and and that seems to be a big part of, I don't know if you could say success, but at the end of a Bible study, when we've had a group of women that's really bonded together and really been ourselves and been really genuine with each other, um, and we're hugging and saying goodbye, we're like, wow, we really got a lot more out of this one um, mm-hmm. than other times, you know, when we've kind of put on our, maybe our Sunday morning faces and, um, you know, not been quite as genuine with who we are. Yeah, and a lot of times, even Christians try to hide some of the challenges of their life, mm-hmm. and it's always helpful to have Christian friends to pray with yeah. and to uh, be open and honest about our lives and just ask for prayer and know that those people are not going to go out and gossip about what we share in a Bible study yeah. uh, because God tells us to... to uh, uh, love each other and to support each other. And to some extent, unless we're open and honest, we can't really do that as well as we should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. in your book, you have numerous women that uh, we're not going to go through each one, but um, you you have different women and, and you've kind of given a, a kind of a title to each one, just the different types of moms that are in the Bible. And, and so what I think I'm going to do is just ask you to share a few comments about the names. I'm going to give the names and what you said about them and just tell our listeners a little bit about what might be in that chapter. Um, I do want to go into one of them and read a little bit, but let's just talk first. The first one, I, I, get, I think I put them in order, that you have is Eve, and everybody knows who Eve is, and you right. call her the forgiven mom, 
And then you had a subtitle, The First Dysfunctional Family. <laughs> so what <laughs> what would the women that go through this Bible study, and it is really a Bible study, isn't it, Christina? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what would they learn about Eve uh, in that study, in that chapter? You, you know, when you think about Eve and the, the weight of sin that would have been on her shoulders, I mean, really think about her as a... Um, you know, a real woman that that had a distinct personality, she could have lived with such just this burden of sin like each of us has gone through a sinful, you know, time. And and then we see her as she lives her life. We see her with her dysfunctional family, but still um, with the promise that there's going to be a Savior and how that kind of revolutionizes who she is as a woman. And we don't see her um, just in complete despair for the rest of her story, but we do see her dealing with the actual sin with her sons. And um, and all of us could probably, in our most dis, you know desperate times, say, well, at least it's not all my fault. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Eve may have had those oh, moments where yeah. she would have said, "This was this was all my fault." And um, and we we can see the forgiveness, which is perhaps the most important lesson in the mm-hmm. book, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, one that is so hard for each of us to learn over and over again. Right. And, and again, um, we believe Eve was a real mom. There are many yes. people in today's world that would say, oh, that story just is uh, fiction. But it, right. God's word is true, it says. Uh, and in fact, I, I had a verse in here, God created woman in Genesis one twenty seven. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Mm -hmm. Recently, I had a a letter from a a friend that listens to the program. He's a prisoner in one of the prisons around the country. And, um, you know, in his letter, he kind of sounded like he didn't really believe the story, the beginning of God's word. But we believe, and I know your Bible study would also uh, share that, that God's word is true and we can believe all of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what else would we learn in that study as we talk about Eve and the forgiven mom that she is? Well, the main the main point is 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 that God's forgiveness is new every day. When you think of the perfection that Eve knew before sin, and um, you know the despair she would have seen with her sons, the the message that I hope that readers and um, you know your listeners today would would get from that is is, is that we um, we are refreshed all the time by His forgiveness. It's it's eternal. It's mm fresh all the time. And so, you know, I think about how we don't go too long without a snack or a glass of water, you know, or or something to nourish our physical selves, um, but how quick we are to starve our spiritual selves and our, our souls from that forgiveness. Um, and the Lord wants to hear from you right now. He wants to hear, you know, that confession, and He wants to just lavish His grace and His forgiveness. And we see that so clearly through Eve, because the the relationship that was broken with, you know, God walking in the cool of the of the morning, and then all of a sudden this, this terrible break between them, um, God wanted to restore that 
that relationship, and we see that immediately when he promises a savior to Eve after you know he tells her mm-hmm. you know you messed up, but but this is this is my promise to you mm-hmm. and for for all generations. And here we are, you know, living that wonderful love and that wonderful peace today through confession and forgiveness of, of that comes through Jesus, which is right. just. The, the biggest message that we all have. Sure, and the one we want to share, you bet. Yeah. Well, good. Let's talk about another mom from your Bible, God Loves Mom, Sarah. And you uh, have her down as the insecure mom. Tell us why. Yeah, Sarah, um, she's such a she's such an icon of the Old Testament and one that we've surely, you know, a lot of us that studied in Sunday school and we know about her. And um, we see these tremendous promises that God makes her you know, that that are like, here you are in menopause, and you are not only going to have a child, but you're going to breastfeed a child. And, you know, any mom that's been through those experiences knows that after menopause, they're not really on your radar. So it's really mm-hmm. um, it's really fantastic blessings that God is, is giving her. And we see her over and over just kind of not trusting them. And not only that, but, but laughing in God's face. <laughs> And and we can, I think, see that so clearly in ourselves that, mm-hmm. um, you know, God is God has given us blessings over and over and over throughout our lives, and yet when we get to an uncertain, insecure time, what do we do? But we um, clutch on to ourselves, you know, and what we know and hard work or, you know, what we have in the bank or, or whatever. We see Sarah, um, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't, really seem to get it for most of her story. And then finally, mm. at the end, we see, um, we see her realize, oh, yeah, God is, God is really giving me these over and over fresh every day, these wonderful blessings. And um, I think probably of all the stories, uh, women, especially younger women, younger moms can relate to Sarah and um, her insecurity and her kind of inability to, to truly find her faith and confidence in God. All right, good. I'm going to make a few announcements and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about Moses, Mom. I'm going to read a little bit from your book after uh, I make these announcements. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering Discovering Hope. To receive the booklet, call the Response Center 1-877-317-4326. You can also email me at the letters FSM, standing for Family Shield Ministries, my first initial K, last name Meyer, at gmail.com. The publisher of her book, God Loves Moms, has donated two of her books to us to give away in a drawing. If you'd like to have your name entered, again, call our response center, one 317 and give the representative your name and complete address. If you are the winner, the book will be mailed to you. You can also email us, and uh, I gave that email. You can also find our email on our website. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to the Thrivent website at www.thrivent.com to learn more or call them directly at 800-847-4836. 
We love to hear from our listeners. You can write us at Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Remember, your support makes this ministry possible. I want to uh, let you know that you can get uh, information about Christina's book, God Loves Moms, as well as other books that she's written at www.christinasbooks.com. Can you tell our listeners just anything else related to uh, what they'll find on that page, Christina? Yeah, yeah, they've got, um, I write a blog um, about three times a week about being a mom and about our family and our kids. And there's also information for those who want to write and also for um, those readers that are looking for Bible studies. There's online Bible studies on there. So yeah, check it out. Wonderful. Now what I want to do is jump to to Moses' mother. Uh, what is her name again? Jochebed, yeah. Jochebed. Nobody <laughs> knows that name. I'm going to put it in my Bible, Bible tic-tac-toe game because I like to find one or two names that no one knows. Yeah. And uh, I want to just read a little bit because it shows just the wonderful uh, way that you weave in being a mom and your children into these stories. Uh, and it's entitled Bad Guys. The other night, she says, Christina says, my three-year-old son couldn't get to sleep. They had discussed stranger danger at school that day, and his usually secure world was turned upside down. His His fears went something like this. Now, these are Christina's words, not mine. Mommy, did you know there are bad guys who want to steal our stuff? Bad guys with big guns and masks? Leave it to a little boy to turn strangers into the villains he sees everywhere from cereal boxes to movie posters. I told him not to worry. We locked the doors at night. So there are bad guys? I had used the wrong tactic. Bad guys will come into our house while I'm asleep? I had no answer because, of course, there are bad guys who might come into our house while we're asleep. Together, we said a prayer that Jesus would keep our family safe. He wasn't done. My kids have advanced degrees in bedtime stalling, and he wasn't going to let me out of his room that easily. If they broke into our house, what would they take? They won't break into our house. If they did, they would try to take our valuables. He spotted another line of questioning. What are our valuables? I had to think, well, like our cell phones? No, they were too old and barely functioning and sold for a dime a dozen. Our computers? Hardly, also old. Mine has been acting like a stubborn diva who takes a nap whenever I ask her to save or open a document. Stealing her would do me a favor. Our TV? The bad guys wouldn't have televisions nicer than ours. Maybe my diamond ring. Sam jumped out of the bed. They would take your wedding band off your finger while you're asleep? They would steal your finger? He marched over to grab my hand. They would take you? Again, wrong tactic. But I knew the answer for a silent night of sleep was around here somewhere. I was just missing it. You know what, Sam? I don't think we have anything a bad guy would want. Our stuff just isn't that valuable. Nothing? What do they steal from other people's houses? I turned out the lights. They take really nice jewelry or expensive things that families have had for years. So they're very valuable. I kissed him for the fifth time. He finally climbed under the covers. And we don't have any of that kind of stuff? Nope. I saw my escape and I was taking it. We don't have anything like that. And then you go on. And I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more because these are your words. And it's just fun to read and to see the interaction, because you know kids are just like that. Yes, but you did finally, yeah, you did finally figure out you have something valuable, don't you? Yeah, tell and us our what. value 
in our family, even though we don't have any <laughs> really expensive heirlooms, our value is the faith that's been passed down um, generation to generation that that our kids' grandparents have been able to share with them and that my husband Mike and I have been able to share with our kids, which is so much more precious than rare book collections or, or wonderful china, and we're so thankful for because it really is such a special gift that as our kids get older, the faith that their grandparents and great-grandparents have to share with them um, is, is just it's priceless. It really is. It is. It is. And, you know, one of the things I tell people, that people always say, you can't take anything to heaven. And, and that's true. Physically, we can't. But if we pass our faith on to our children and grandchildren, we will be in heaven with them. Yeah. And um, I, I think people forget that. I don't think there is anything more valuable than uh, our faith in Christ and making sure that we go first into our homes and share that love of Jesus Christ with our children. And it's not a one-time shot, is it, uh, Christina? You don't just say it once and know they know it, and that's it. And as we talk about Jochebed, I just think it's amazing because it fits so perfectly because we know Moses, um, we know Aaron, we know Miriam, and it is exactly what we're talking about, Kay, is that her heirloom of faith lives out in these wonderful leaders that she raised by sharing her faith story with them. Mm. And although we don't know what's going to happen to to our kids, our grandkids, we can be sure that the Holy Spirit inspires faith when we ask for it, and we can pray over our kids, and we can share our faith stories through all kinds of different ways. And that really is a day-to-day thing, like you said. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, praying when they're afraid, like in the the little story you read from God Loves right. Moms, and it's, of course, you know, worship, but it's also living out our faith, showing generosity in the Lord's name, and really being serious about we are going to change the world through Christ, and and doesn't matter how old I am or, you know, what burdens I've had, um, that's our calling, and, and that's what we're going to do. And, and when the kids see that, they know their place. They know that this is, I belong to a family that believes this, and, and they realize that they have that, that treasure in their hearts. And it really is the, one, of, you know, one of the most fantastic things to see intergen- intergenerationally. It is. And I also like, I think it was in your uh, Bible study that I read this, that uh, most people don't know who Moses' mother was. She didn't have, I mean, she she is in the Bible. We know that uh, she put Moses into that basket and ended up being his nursemaid. So she continued to be with him as he was a young child. Talk, Talk just a little bit about that. You know, the part that we don't know her, I think, is just a huge message to us as moms, because like I said, we oftentimes are so hard on ourselves, and, you know, I'm not doing this right, not doing this right. Well, she lost her child to Pharaoh's daughter, and that's... To save his life. To save his life, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we see the miracle of God kind of weaving this constellation of relationships together, and we can, we can see the, the pattern that it came that really the moment that she thought she was sending you know, his, her son away and would have been maybe really fearful came out to be 
just such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Saved his life, was his nurse maid, was able to raise him with Hebrew teachings, even though he was raised, you know, in Pharaoh's palace with all this, you know, fantastic education and, and wealth. But she was able to teach him the faith story so that when he became this magnificent leader of God's people, he he knew the, the Hebrew faith stories, and he had the faith in um, the real, true, living God. And that is just like, you know, you cannot even make this stuff up. It's mm-hmm. just such mm-hmm. a fantastic story. And through all that, we see that the, the faith that even we don't know her name, her faith lived out through mm-hmm. her kids. Mm-hmm. And so, so moms, we don't have to be hard on ourselves. We don't have to think that we're failures when we get the, you know, the bad report cards or our kids, um, you know, come down with strep throat for the third time this winter and we're thinking, what am I doing wrong? The answer is, is that, that motherhood is, is tough and it is filled with a lot of, you know, kind of situations that seem dangerous and scary, but, but we can't discount what the Lord is doing. And the most important thing that he's doing is, is teaching our kids, um, about his love. And that's, that's what our job is. So, so although she could have had those moments where she would have said, you know, boy, I'm not doing this right. <laughs> Look how it all turned out. Mm-hmm. And we see that through the faith of her three kids. Yeah, you bet. You bet. There's more stories. I just want to mention a couple of names and other names that you have. Hagar, uh, Rebecca, Ruth, Hannah, Bathsheba, which is another interesting story. We probably won't have time to uh, flush out. Elizabeth, Mary, um, and and I want to just ask you to make comments on Eunice and Lois. Uh, we have yeah. two minutes left, so make yeah, them brief. You, but you, Eunice was my mom's name, so I always love that. And you said nurturing moms. Tell us about them. Yeah, they are just such. That is such a fantastic story. When I go to speak at um, different women's groups, I always of all the chapters of this book, I always talk about Eunice and Lois because um, we see. We see this really, truly intergenerational faith passed down the heirloom of faith, like we were talking about, through these women. Because, um, of course, Timothy is is the one that we see the faith through, and um, and we see this tough situation where it could have been, um, you know, he was not circumcised. We know that about Timothy, and this could have this is because his father was not a believer. So we've got a grandmother that's a believer and a daughter that's a believer, but then she marries a non-believer. So it's not looking real good for, for a little bit there. But then, yeah, the spirit in Timothy's heart um, when they heard the message that Paul brought that said, hey, guess what? The Messiah has come and he's died for your sins. That resonated with Timothy. He was able to recognize it as truth because of the stories that his mother and his grandmother had told him. And then he becomes this terrific young pastor and evangelist. And, you know, we trace it back to, and Paul gives the credit we need to close from your mom and grandmother. It's just such a neat, neat story. It is. is. Thank you so much, my guest, uh, the author of God Loves Moms. If you want to learn more about Family Shield, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.